Why would I worry about a stranger who I'm never going to see again and be willing to hurt you instead? Why would I be willing to inconvenience you? That was rude and offensive and not taking care of my spouse in the way that I think I'm right. called to take care of my spouse. Right. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, is being inconvenienced a moral issue? Yep. Did I get it right? You got it right that Sweet. time. Most of the time, she doesn't get it right the first no, time. No, that's not true. Okay, actually, she's been really good lately, and she's been getting them on the money almost every time. So here is the question that was sent in to us. Uh, what do you do when a spouse makes a moral issue out of being inconvenienced? So this oh. is this is when you take something that is not necessarily a moral issue. Again, in it's not anywhere in scripture. There isn't any sort of biblical right. thou shalt. So um, like before. so like being to church late to church every week. Being late to church every week or being inconvenienced. What do you do when a spouse makes a moral issue out of being inconvenienced? What's the proper response from both sides? What does it look like and what does it sound like? This is what we're talking about today. Because this is a good one. Yeah, that's interesting. Here's how the question kind of got started. I have a standing way of, dis of making decisions on actions, and I call it ALARM. It's the ALARM acronym. Okay. So are your actions, that's the first A, right. legal, appropriate, respectful, responsible, those are two R's, and moral. Right. So if you do something and it's not illegal, it's not disrespectful, it's not irresponsible, it's not immoral, then you should be allowed to do it. Right. Again, you're not you're not breaking any laws. Now, whether you get to do that or not doesn't matter because sometimes if I want to do something and it doesn't take any of those, but it still freaks you out, I right. still need to be exactly. I still need to take that into consideration. But more importantly, you have to take into consideration what I'm asking to do isn't wrong. Right, exactly. And so making me not do it or asking me not to do it can become uh, troublesome or, or a burden in some sure. way, right? So this is what we are talking about. And that's why the question came up here. What do you do when someone takes being inconvenienced as a moral issue? As in, you are immoral, you are being bad if you inconvenience somebody. Wow. I, this is such a good question because I spent my entire life terrified of inconveniencing people. Right, right. That's why I was, I was uh, thinking, wow, this is a good one for us. Yeah. Let's put it into, well... Is there anywhere in scripture that says thou shalt not inconvenience people? <laughs> no, uh, no. You are, you are breaking a commandment. You are displeasing God if you inconvenience people. No. No. So we can assume that there's no overt law. There's nothing overt biblically that says that you shouldn't inconvenience. Right. So now we're talking more about what is a learned message around inconveniencing. Sure. Growing up in my household, inconveniencing people was the, one of the worst things you could do. Right. And we were taught to try to do everything possible within human means to not inconvenience or upset or disappoint or hurt anybody else's feelings. Right. How did that start to play out in our marriage? How did that work out for us? Oh, it didn't work out great. It it actually made me feel like you didn't care about me because 
I'll just put this one out there because I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. And it's a quick one to come up with. We'd go to the grocery store and I'd yep. just be walking down the aisle yep. with my grocery cart. Yep. And I'd turn around to put something in it. And you would be down the aisle with my grocery cart five miles because you didn't want someone that was coming down the other part of the aisle to be inconvenienced because my cart wasn't off to the side far enough. It was yes. in the way. Yes. And so rather than let the people go around or ask us to move the cart, I would have to walk all the way down to the next aisle to get to you with yeah. my stuff. Which, Arm full of stuff. Yeah. Yes. And so um, your, your uh, need to not inconvenience people meant that you weren't thinking about me. You were thinking more about the people that don't live with us, that you don't know that you'll never see again yeah. and not inconveniencing them in the grand scheme of things, not the best no. choice because no. then that causes friction between us. So what you've just identified is super important here that it's rarely the possibility that you can have an option that doesn't inconvenient inconvenience Someone. anybody. Right. I was choosing to inconvenience you so that I didn't inconvenience a stranger. Right. And I started to learn my priorities were completely backwards. Why would I worry about a stranger who I'm never going to see again and be willing to hurt you instead? Why would I be willing to inconvenience you? That was rude and offensive and not taking care of my spouse in the way that I think I'm right. called to take care of my spouse. Right. So it's not necessarily a matter of is inconveniencing a moral issue or not. You are going to inconvenience somebody sure. somewhere every day of your life. You just get to choose who it's going to be. So, so let me ask you this question. I think, and this is why it's a little bit hard for me to come up with an answer for this. Yeah. I guess I'm just not making the connection of how, how do you, how do you decide or what makes you think that being inconvenienced is a moral issue? How, where does that come from? Or how do, yeah. how do you make that decision that it's a moral issue? And are we talking about that it's a, a character flaw yeah. in the person who's being an inconvenience or does yeah, that what make is, sense? What does it actually mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the thing that's happening in the question that this person sent into us is it's more of a cultural issue growing up in whatever household, again, in my household, inconveniencing people was considered a sin. It was considered the worst thing you could do. Even Got though it. I was never, ever overtly told that. Sure. Never once did my parents say, thou shalt not inconvenience right, people. Right. But the behavior communicated that over and over and over sure. again. And I, I've grown up with it my entire life. It becomes a cultural thing. It's a it, Values are typically caught, not taught. It's the same thing as we are a Ford family. Right. We don't buy Chevys. You, rarely again do you say those things, but you just know our families bought tin Fords growing up. Fords are better than Chevys. Right. They become, it becomes a cultural issue that now feels like a moral issue. So, so really it's more of a values than it is a moral. Yes. Yeah. It's a value that has been caught rather than taught. And for values that are deeply embedded into our psyche, we often ascribe morality to right. that. That's you true. are not supposed to break this value. If you buy a Chevy... And and not a Ford, 
then you're the worst person in the world. You're going to hell. You are a bad person. <laughs> if you think of showing up to the family reunion driving a Toyota, oh my gosh, you're going to be ostracized. And I'm and I'm making fun of this in, sure. in terms of cars because it's it's concrete, it's easy. But values oftentimes get ascribed with morality. Morality, yeah. Being in uh, being inconvenienced, being late. That was another one that I grew up in. It is rude and inconvenient uh, and, and, and offensive if you show up late. Right. And I would pace around the house every Sunday morning waiting for you to get ready to go to church because I was afraid of being late. Right. And it caused fight after fight after fight on the way to church when we're supposed to be in a good state of mind right. and worshipful and everything else like that. And I had to sit back and ask myself, who am I actually going to be offending? Nobody cares if we walk into church late. Right. I'm not I'm not breaking God's law. I'm not no one else is being hurt by this. Sure. The only thing that's being hurt is my wife because I am treating her poorly because I have this embedded value in my head that says this is the right way and this is the wrong way. Right. And if and, I'm not willing to challenge those things within myself, Right. Then I end up hurting the person that I'm supposed to be loving the most. Right. And I think I think I guess that moral piece comes back to right and wrong. What you yes. believe is right and wrong. And if you believe that something's wrong, it, then it falls into that morality yes. piece. So And then it becomes problematic when you start to project that onto your spouse. Right. You should not behave this way right. because this is a value I grew up with. Even though they grew up with an entirely different value system right. around things that are negotiable. Sure, Again, sure. Lateness, inconveniencing people. And by the way, I I work with hundreds of clients around this inconveniencing thing, and it actually shows up a lot during this holiday season here. We oh, can't I say can no to great Aunt yep. Judy because we're going to hurt her feelings. We're going to inconvenience her, even though... Our family is exhausted. The kids are burnt out. We don't have time. We can't make it, but we don't want to hurt her feelings because we don't want her to feel slighted or hurt right. in some way. So we never say no. And we we end up throwing our spouses, our kids. Every, we hurt all the people who are closest to us. We always hurt somebody. Right. The question you always end up asking is, who are you going to hurt? You get to pick who that person is. And I would suggest if you want to have a healthy, vibrant, sustainable, secure marriage, your spouse, your kids should always be at the top of the list of the people you guard right. and protect. I think I think it's easy to not guard and protect them because in in our backwards minds, we're like, well, we live with them. We're with them all the time. So they'll just get over it real quick and easy and we'll yes. just move on. Yes. Whereas you don't see aunt great aunt Martha or whoever yeah. it is only but one time a year maybe yeah. and you're the fear that she'll hold on to that and hold on to that and then maybe she will maybe she won't yeah but just making that choice of yeah you you live with your family you live with your wife and your spouse or your husband and your kids and yeah they're going to forgive you if you work through it and all that kind of stuff but we shouldn't be throwing the the people that are closest to us, we shouldn't be throwing them under the bus because of that. That's no. just, that's no. not how it should work. No, it shouldn't. Most of the time we start to project these issues into the morality uh, arena. 
um, as a way to protect ourselves. Mm. We are so scared of our appearance, what people are going to think of us, um, their opinions of us, that that we we overcompensate and we make it into a morality right and wrong, sinful and not sinful right. area. And we got to be careful not to do that. We cannot please everybody all the time. That is just a rule across the board. Sure. Again, you get to choose who you are going to please, who you're going to accommodate, who you're going to think of, and assume there will always be somebody who's going to be disappointed with that decision. Somebody is going to not right. like the decision you've made. And you've got to be okay with that. You have to learn that that doesn't make you a bad person. That's not a moral issue. It doesn't make you sinful. It is a fact of life. I will even put it into a biblical example. Can I give you a little uh, parable of how this plays sure, out? Sure, absolutely. Um, uh, I wish I could remember the reference. It's either Matthew or Luke 10. I think it's Matthew 10. No, wait, it's actually Matthew 20. Matthew 20. But it's the parable of um, when the uh, landowner goes and hires someone to work, a couple guys work for him at nine o'clock in the morning. And they agree on a denarii or denarius um, for payment. And everyone's happy. And the guy goes out and starts working in the field. The landowner goes and hires someone at noon to right. go start working in the fields, hire someone at three o'clock to go working in the fields, hire someone at the end of the day to go work for one hour in the fields. And after the day's work, he tells his foreman to start paying everyone from the people who were hired the, the latest. And so the people who worked for one hour get a denaria, get a denari, denaris, I can't remember, get, get the same amount of money. money right. People who worked three hours get the same amount of money. People who worked all day get the same amount of money. And in that parable, the people who are working the longest are grumbling, complaining, saying, it's not fair. You aren't treating us right. We are offended by you. Right. And the landowner comes back and, and says, I have not treated you unfairly. You have worked what we have agreed and I have paid you what we've agreed. If I want to be generous to these other people who haven't worked as much, why do you begrudge me? In, in wanting to be generous to them when I haven't, treat, I haven't mistreated you in any way. Right. In that parable, the landowner who represents God and Christ here is totally okay with inconveniencing or disappointing people. Right. I would make an argument that that probably shows in terms of a morality issue, some of the things are fear of inconveniencing people. Um, it's actually appropriate to incon inconvenience people mm. when when you're following through with your contract, when their expectations put undue undue expectations on you. It's it's impossible to please everyone because right. they're going to tell their own story. Right. So be very very careful. Those who are listening to this podcast, be very very careful about moving things from your values pile, the things you've grown up with, or the things that you adopt to keep your ego protected. Right. Move them into a moral right and wrong, sinful and unsinful category, because it's very, very difficult, if not impossible, to back that up biblically, theologically. And you want to be careful that you are always, always, already, always guarding the hearts of your spouse primarily. That is going to be really, really important in this entire conversation. That makes sense? It does. Again, I'm imagining people who are listening to this are going, that rubs me wrong. I'm uncomfortable with that. I don't like that. I don't even agree with that. So guess what? 
We have to practice what we preach. And we understand we might actually offend some people by saying this. We actually understand someone might disagree with us. And we are okay with that. We're still hoping that we're being kind and respectful in the way that we're conveying this. But we also understand we can't please everybody. And so if you have a question, if you're concerned about this, if you disagree with us, you are absolutely welcome to email us, paul at securemarriage.com or shannon at securemarriage.com. And we will... Be glad to open a dialogue, to have a conversation. We're not afraid of a conversation. We're not afraid to disagree with people. We believe we can do that in respectful and appropriate ways. So if you want to open up that conversation and and ask us clarifying questions, as long as it's respectful and appropriate, we will be respectful and appropriate. And let's talk about it. Let's see what happens. Yeah. That sound all right? Sounds great. We better practice what we preach here. Yep. So anyway... Um, I think that's it. I think so too. Thanks everyone for listening to the Secure Marriage Podcast. We really enjoy doing these. It's coming up on the end of 2021 here. Yeah. And we're going to get into a whole new um, year in 2022. And we and can't wait to got, see what happens. Yeah, we've got lots of exciting things coming yep. up. It's so, going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Keep listening and you will find all about them. All the good stuff. Anyway, yep. thanks for listening everyone. We'll see you next time. Alrighty. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.